Hey listeners, uh, I know a lot of you are not familiar with our high voltage playlist that we recently launched and continue to update every month on our Spotify uh, based on the fact that music is a, a very much a fundamental column that holds up a lot of the creative types I speak to on this show. I think it'll bring a lot of good vibes into anyone who enjoys uh, Synthwave. If not, that's cool. Um, but if you're into any of its other related electronical musical genres and, and such, I think it will hit even harder. Uh, go to Spotify, search uh, High Voltage, should pop right up. Uh, thanks for continuing to consume our content and enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton, Transform and Roll Out. Max at Mondo Neon. I'm with DJ, Neon Artist out of Durham, North Carolina. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is finally happening, and we've been playing a lot of sort of calendar wars. And what's really cool, I love, <laughs> I love the idea of trying to get together with certain people, but then there's always that space in between where it's like, okay, how do we make it work? But I'm really excited to have, uh, you know, have you on and just really explore. I think not only just your artwork, but choosing to highlight different pieces that I've seen online, and maybe just have, you know, kind of chat about that. But what was it about? you know, I guess North Carolina that drew you in, are you, are you fortunate enough to actually be from that area or, you know, maybe you go back into where you were born and what brought you into neon, maybe start with that. Yeah. Um, I am not from these parts. I, I'm a Yankee. I'm from Delaware actually, uh, originally, um, Middletown, Delaware. And, uh, I went to graduate school at a town called Greenville, North Carolina, East Carolina University, actually for jewelry and metal. So I come through, I come to Neon via metalworking, um, which I'm learning is kind of a common thing around now. Um, so I really started out trying to make miniature wearable pieces of Neon and got hooked up with some people who actually did Neon, who shot me down and bursted my bubble and told me, probably wasn't a great idea um but i still kind of just consistently just kept drifting towards neon and away from jewelry after that so i did, and north carolina is a great place i love i've loved it ever since i've moved i moved, i had a quick jaunt to arkansas for a couple of years which was lovely as well but i ended up back here after um i got the the position at glass and I always want to make like a personal statement too. It's never really easy to really do just about anything from the get. Like were your thoughts about people kind of shunning you into the process of getting involved in Neon? I like how, and I really kind of want to bring people into this conversation of where you can kind of get connected from because a lot of artists really dig it and then others want to just kind of do it on the side, which is cool. They just want to kind of explore what it is. But for people that are like really trying to like hunt down and kind of how do I get involved? What do I do? What advice does that kind of give you? Maybe you can go back and think about that time where you were kind of like tripped up. Um, anything to kind of add to that that you want to kind of share with people? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of, it, we do have a lot of people come through the shop who are artists who are interested and they kind of are, it's like they're tip, dipping their toe in and they're, we have classes. So they're, they're wondering whether or not they can do it on the side as a hobby sustainable like in a sustainable manner and we don't really rent out space as of now so we have to kind of you know 
kind of measure that for what it is. And, and I think, I don't think there should be a stigma attached to an artist who's a painter who wants to continue to paint, but wants to add neon to it. Hiring a neon person to collaborate with, I think that's an amazing thing that we're starting to do more and more. Uh, I don't think it's really necessary for uh, every person that wants to include neon and do a sculpture to, to become a, an apprentice for five years to be a neon artist. You know, just credit a, a really awesome person in your community that needs the work and, and you build a cool friendship through that. I think that's way, I don't know, way, there's so much frustrating things that go into the neon uh learning process and and it's something that you really shouldn't take into lightly just because it's it's such an alluring material <laughs> yeah i like the interesting conversation too about that balance you know there's a lot of people that debate about what it is to be an neon artist i do think talking about it generally instead of just i dislike this or i don't care for this is like you've got to stop and really consider that but i just meant the fact of like you know are, are people able to get on the right track? You know, can, can you, you know, do something to control and break that pattern of someone just kind of closing the door? Cause it shouldn't be easy, but I think what's really cool. And I guess where I'm running into is that a lot of artists are now are people that not only have work lives, but they have a disproportionate, a disproportionate percentage of people that, you know, no, no longer have to have their hearts broken. They're now able to, you know, write themselves into, not just, you know, doing a little bit of neon, but also I, I like that process of kind of how, where you got to kind of like travel and then you decided to do that. Were you uh, immediately won over by in, in North Carolina? Is it easy to you know, get involved in the arts? Uh, yeah, North Carolina is, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, uh, I live like, in a booming area of North Carolina right now. It's like, I think 200 people a day move here or something insane, might be a week per week. Um, and, and the traffic is insane. I thought I moved down to the South to get away from things like that. Um, so I'm not saying that, I think people think North Carolina and they think like the entire state is rolling hills and pine trees. And it is a lot of the Western part of it is, and it's gorgeous. And I love to visit vacation out there, but that's, I, I live in a lot of, I'm in a very urban environment most of the time. And uh, so it's, it's cool in a lot of ways. I'm actually experiencing like this. I, I love working at glass and nothing could make me not want to work there or move, actually move. But this is the first time in, in, a, in my adult life that I haven't moved every three years. <laughs> <laughs> so um i it's just it's it's an interesting thing that i am really like focusing in on the place that i currently live and unfortunately i get to through my job and through the opportunities that nate gives me i get to add neon to that place that i currently live yeah it's splitting time between also you know just like what you said is it seems really interesting how you described where you were kind of moving about. It's cool when you find what you love at the same time, you can get invested in what's happening in the community. It seems like a really great way, especially with Nate and the group that you guys have. It's such an exciting time because everything I see coming out of there is just something different. Uh, you know, when thinking about someone's recognizable characteristics about, you, know, you do, you do a lot of artwork at the same time you're in the shop. 
how would you describe maybe some of your main characteristics? Because I really dug some of the lighting up. Like he did a, a whole collection of like like shitty online dating, <laughs> which is really cool because everyone can, can relate to like those relationship moments where you're like, this is really going the wrong way. He did a really cool take on Neon and it worked out really well. Maybe, I know we don't have pictures of anything on like the podcast when we do this, but uh, maybe talk about how do you come up with like a theme? It seems really driven in some of your pieces and I really like that. Maybe you can talk about it a little bit more. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I, I think that comes along with graduate school. Like they, they like kind of beat it into, well, at least the craft. I went to a really amazing program where I had a lot of really great professors who you, you know, worked through, you know, what do you, what, what makes it, for me personally, I have ADD pretty bad. And if I'm not working on 15 different things at once in small little bursts, I'll get really frustrated and bored and I'll, I'll mess it up. Like I will like completely ruin a thing if I don't go to the thing. So series always just makes sense for me. And so when I moved to North Carolina from Arkansas, I got uh, the apprenticeship at Glass. And I was single and <laughs> living in Raleigh at the time. And I took that opportunity to, you know, update, uh, I don't know, re-up my OkCupid profile and start a Tinder profile because I hadn't ever had one. And um, then, think, you know, because I live in such a crazy booming area, you know, and statistically women get a lot more messages than men. Uh, it was almost kind of really easy in a way to go through the messages. And at that time, actually, OkCupid, if you didn't like delete your profile, if you just like put it on pause, it would keep all your information, almost like a hard drive of horrible one-liners. <laughs> so I had, I had years, like, cause I had been off and on online dating my adult life. I grew up with it. Um, and I've had meaningful relationships throughout that time through that. I'm in one right now. Um, and, but, you know, I never deleted any of the stuff because, and I'll call me nostalgic or just, you know, sometimes it's funny to look at, but Nate offered me the apprenticeship and I really wasn't, had zero, basically zero bending experience, but I knew how to run a shop, knew how gas lines worked, had a lot of metal shop experience. And so um, he let me, work on a series for about a year and gave me materials to work with and a lot of time to mess up a lot and get frustrated and a lot of guidance. And through that, I decided that I really wanted to have a show to show off what that was going to be. And that ended up being the online dating show, which was called signs of the times, single ladies life in neon. And there were 12 of them and they were all approximately two feet, a ish size and that little uh kind of I don't know I kind of call them like because I'm a jewelry uh major I call them kind of brooches for the wall <laughs> so they're just yeah, like I mean, two sort of kind of like assumptions about dating but it's funny how far along I mean if you said people 15 years ago dating would be a thing you know online they probably wouldn't even think about that you know and now it's really a serious business like even before that or even like when you look at Uber, you tell people like, you're going to get in a cab with random people and you're going to pay them. I mean, they didn't actually do anything like that is really radical. But 
I like that you scratched the surface. Like the original plan was to make a, a lot of different work, but then you realize that for you to be able to kind of publish something along that lines, you need original content and what better way to try to deliver on that than your own kind of just psychoanalyzing your own sort of online dating world, which is really a smart strategy first because everybody can can relate on some level to some of those messages that are in there. And then second to that, I like when you get meta with some of those things like the distribution of neon. I really am surprised about how many different things it can do. It can reduce to like the basic level of like, here's a symbol or it can really record like a moment in time where you spell it out for people. And I like the discovery in that, that you always have like some sort of pictorial image around um, what you can explore. Like whether like you told me it's like based off of one personal moment in time, or it's just simply like, these are the disadvantages of being a woman. Like, this is how I feel. This is what I relate to because I am doing this and this is how I feel. And I think that's perfectly uh, predicted in neon, especially when you've got so much leverage out of people's attention. What better way than to show people's opinions on how they feel about you? you know? <laughs> so, yeah. it's just, And it's something that, you know, it kind of crosses all barriers now. All cultures have their version of, online dating there's online dating websites for every type of human and uh it's it's just so like i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting to get the response that i got like i have one piece that's the first one that i made and it's i've remade it in various i call them additions um around six times and it says why you not want kids for and it's I, when I was living in rural North Carolina in school, that was a message that I got sent. And so I hear it in a rural Eastern North Carolina kind of white dude bro accent. That's just because I have that personal experience. Um, and, and so I, I, you know, my brain internalizes it and takes it in for a few years. And then I have this opportunity to, get it out in in neon and then I did I decided to kind of make the font kind of janky looking also because I was really new to bending neon at the time and it made it easier for me to bend um but it's it's made so many people so happy uh people who can't have children because of medical reasons people who uh you know that uh, I had a woman an uh, Asian American lady tell me that when she saw it, she heard her Chinese grandmother's voice. Interesting. And it was just really, I don't know, it was just really cool that it was like that experience that I've had with people, not just strangers asking me why I don't want to have children. Other people get it, you know, it's like, you know, and we don't really have to even talk that much about it. It's just, they're laughing. And that makes me so happy when people laugh at the pieces I make, because most right. of the time it's to make, <laughs> I almost, I almost feel like it's a stand-up comedian moment. Now, there's anything funny about it. It's just they say the things that normal people want to say, you know. And there's no sort of perfect decision. There's just life. Like it's the basic truth that you don't know about the alternative that you never will. And there's really no time machine. Like I think people really, whether they realize it or not, um, there's no right move. There's just the move that's being played out at the moment. So you know, let me give you an example. Someone like you said earlier wants you to do this but ultimately you know it isn't just necessarily right for you it's just where you're at right now and it's hard to fly against that you know especially where people can 
turn to you and look at uh, some way somebody made them feel and then truly knowing that there's someone else that's gone through that. It's, I think, such a great conversation way, segue into, you know, here's what everybody thinks and there's no perfect way. This is just, you know, you pick your one way and, and you are happy with that. And for some reason, people would get tripped up about that. I think it's just uh, maybe it's the way they try to make themselves feel perfect or creating more of an opportunity for them to kind of dig into people. But I think it's an incredible time to, you know, what an, an unexpected curveball to be really kind of, you don't have to worry about everything else. Just go out there and, and make the work that makes you feel good. And uh, other people will relate to it. I like that strategy way better than, you know, here are the things that are not working. Let me go and look at other people's work to kind of, you know, work off of that or debate about what's going on and just sit there and not do anything. But, you know, not overthinking it, you kind of had more than one thing going on. And I like that. That's just kind of a, my observation from as an outsider. So, yeah. Yeah. And, people, people had a great response to it. It was nice. Um, and a lot of like, it was fun. A lot of like, I'd say like people who, who are like maybe are, have been married for a long time or haven't, haven't even given online dating a thought in their life. And like people say this to you. Like it was almost like kind of a weird PSA or education about like, sexual harassment everywhere (laughs) it's also yeah like i mean not to keep drilling into but yeah i think that you it's just a good way to create work i think like i said is a kind of creating a framework for what you already know you know this is just you're just telling your your story and art has a it has the ability to do that i think also what i recognize about also just your instagram account you also have another account that you are passionate about, which is movies, which is another way of storytelling, a big thing I'm a big fan of. And you've gotten so deep into that. Like I told you earlier before the show started, like I'm just obsessed. I've got so much homework to do and go <laughs> material to go watch. And I never recognized how many movies have me on it until you just started pointing it out to me. And now I feel like, yeah, I feel so, <laughs> I feel like I've got a great list of movies I gotta go check out now. Yeah, that um, so that Instagram is called neon neon underscore zoetrope, I think is what it is, and it's really new and it's just kind of a baby. I and it's not just my baby; it's a, a bunch of people. It was kind of like six different people, and I had a, a, at different times in the shop had a conversation about, yeah, would it be fun if somebody would like just like post neon on like Bob's Burgers you know they have really fun signs and The Simpsons has great stuff and then it was like yeah but there's like almost every movie that was made in the past hundred years almost has some form of neon even if it's just in a bar and I have been a avid theater goer my whole life and have a, a foot a foot um deeply uh situated in theater I do props for any theater I I can throw a stick at if they'll give me money for it I I will do I will make weird things for for theater so I appreciate production design and the hard work that people do behind the scenes and so that includes me on and uh so yeah Nate and Rich another amazing vendor at the shop and I will just go on a list of movies sometimes it's like oh did, have you seen this neon sign or this neon sign like i it's think my cool, number one favorite really cool way to uh see the history behind it too like um like dark city when you show that off i had seen that way back as as a younger kid 
and got a kid, but a teenager. And then you look at things like Train Spotting 2, which I never got a hold of. I had no idea it had neon in it. So uh, oh, I think I commented to that before was, you know, there's just these, um, it's just a great playbook of what happened in neon because you're going, you know, you could dip back into the thirties and you go to the forties and the nineties. And so um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, please go look up Neon Zotrope. It's a, uh, just a neat catalog of, even if you have any appreciation for film as a, as a medium, you need to go see it. It's got a, you know, a nice little collection and it's growing by the minute, you know, every day I see something <laughs> new. So it's exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I'm guilty of my, my de-stress de is like, okay, what movie can we watch with Neon on it tonight and chill out with, on the couch and uh my partner is an extreme but probably way more definitely with more of a film stuff than i am so he's very helpful in helping me research things and it is it is a historical research for me in a way because it's like you know unfortunately there's a ton of neon signs that are in the garbage or in the scrap heap now or have become other objects by now and uh they've only been saved through things like taxi driver when he's walking through the street you know like and you see how much neon used to be on one single street it's just i'm off i'm a history buff so i i just it's like um i might as well be watching like you know neon like films like it, i make him i make jacob my partner stop movies constantly to take photographs <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's something cool. I do and really enjoy history because it, it's really a, a telling story about how not only are we not over neon, but we still are really in love with the the kind of the the same things we still look at. You know, it's that um, instantaneous glow, the recognizable form. You know, the ability to convey a message. And I really keep saying it's easy way to monetize culture i mean when we look at the company that we keep you know the things that we build it might go away but there's no question a good film is a good film and i have i think it has a lot to do with aesthetically how it looks when it was made um but ultimately what was in the background you know so many things like just mentioning blade runner would let people know what you're talking about because they realize mm -hmm. you know that movie has everything to do with lighting you know and it makes sense you know why we're going all in on movies nowadays people want to accomplish something well they go back and look at other things to make it make a little more sense and so you know what alternatives do we have we only have so much space on the wall or so many people want to keep these things around um then we have to go back to photos and start looking at video again and so um yeah i just like how not confused anybody is about it like they're like these are still really good things to go back and look at so that's fun i, I really enjoy what it is that's happening on social media and how it relates to neon too so Thanks for organizing all that cool content. So, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah it's which are the reasons we to show off um, the Super Mario Brothers movie and how much neon was in it. <laughs> oh yeah, so I mean, it's there's it's historically bad. For anybody who doesn't know, um, I can remember. You may not know this, but I mean, I've had a couple of shows about gaming. Um, which for me is just a passion thing I love talking about. I mean, people are like, why the hell are you talking about gaming? This is a, it's a fucking neon podcast. Like, I like the connection. Neon <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll look at it for what it is, but I remember attending the screening of that when I was a kid and just being, you know, just being beaten down. But by the time I left the film, it didn't have anything to do with Mario. And it's weird to go back yeah. and it now, but neon is all over, yeah. Right. 
And John I was just a dumber child or something. I was all about it. I mean, it was definitely not, had nothing to do with Mario, but like I all I was again, it was the world building, like the production design of the world was just so cool. Like there's a neat sign of of the boots they use to jump around. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like I mean, John Leguizamo and the other main character are, like drunk on the set. It's been historically told. Yeah, I don't know how much you know, but it was just like yeah. There was, I think, like yep. 10 rewrites. The original directors were fired from. I mean, we're getting off topic here, but like that just shows you how wild, I guess, the film industry is. So, Donald Popper didn't even know who Koopa was when he was signing up to do that movie. That's why I love neon in movies, is because it's kind of like they're putting a hat on a hat. Usually, like my top 10 lists of neon movies are not good movies. <laughs> Like maybe three of them are really good movies objectively, but the rest of them are pieces of artwork. (laughs) They really have like, and it's funny because I can deal with a bad movie. Some people will just not watch it. And I, I I can appreciate that. I mean, I will, that's just because I enjoy the medium. So say what you will, but um, I can, I can look beyond that. If, if it's artistically (laughs) interesting and it has some visual elements to it, I can make my way through it. If, if not, I'm, yeah, I'm also at a loss, but how would you, and going back to what we said, you had also kind of gotten into, you know, the She Bends group is, is by this time, everyone's heard the podcast, knows what it is. How, how are you kind of assimilated into that? Did they reach out to you and you kind of quickly got involved or were you kind of in the beginning phases of that? Uh, <laughs> this is embarrassing if, I'm, if I answer honestly. <laughs> Only in, and because I was, uh, I think it was a couple weeks after my, signs of the time show and I was trying to do a good job of posting online I was very I was very um aware of she bends and Merrill's work and everybody's work out there and uh it was just you know it seems so far away because I'm on the other side of the you know other coast and and so I was just kind of like it was just kind of something I followed and uh I was getting beers with Nate and a few other people from work at the brewery that's nearby. And I was in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I got an Instagram. I was like washing my hands when I checked my phone and I got an Instagram from Meryl and she said, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, oh. That's a way to start a conversation, right? Especially when you're. Oh, it was great. I was like, it was like the best night ever. I think I was already a little tipsy. So it was helpful. Um, but yeah, I don't know what we were doing there. We were just, it was Friday or something. Yeah. But. Well, shout out to Meryl. She's super aware. And I like, you know, it's funny feeling the second I noticed that show, I knew it was going to make more and more noise. And so, you know, with everyday life going on and people asking questions about what's happening in neon, it kind of just, you know, made it, made it much more real for me because there's so many people that are circumstantially not in the, in the right areas meaning they just don't know what's happening. And so I think what's great is that show gets to travel around and, and, if, and it gets so many people excited about Neon that maybe I didn't necessarily know about it or I kind of feel like it's gotten uh, a bit of a name going at this point. So, you know, I don't want to lose any more steam, but I just think it's a great way, a positive way to get work out there is to be a, 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 you know, a group, uh, you know, and obviously it's, I'm optimistic. There's single artists doing good things too. It's just, I like the, I've always enjoyed group shows. So, you know, and you know, going back to history, I mean, throughout history, artists have had guilds and I sound like a, like a D and D nerd, but 
you know, ner- like guilds always took care of each other and there was even like healthcare involved sometimes. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, I feel like a little bit like it's, it's you know, you can call it what you will club or a, a collective or a, a group show. It's, you know, to, you know, with current, current events happening, I know that um, we're all staying in touch and making sure we're all doing okay. And, and it's really nice to feel like you're part of a like group of people that are just as it's not that they're just as like uh um excited about neon and the future of it that you are but they're excited about it in different facets than you are like i come at it i think mostly from a historic standpoint and when i came to denver for the show uh like a month ago now i guess a little bit over um it was really fun to talk to people about they were everybody was sharing their stuff like everybody was like yeah i get these tube supports here and and this is the kind of wire that i use and this is the place that i order it from and it was it was just a really awesome experience so i am really grateful to be involved i think also this the single best piece of advice i have for artists is just to experience as much of that as you can you know being an artist it's it could be difficult but I think the more you play it towards go out there and uh, give yourself the opportunity to find something cool is not limiting the experiences and the possibilities. So the, the biggest mistake I think see happening is possibly is just giving yourself a reason to kind of, uh, you know, consider something else, you know, as far as like some other person not being in the show that, you know, so encourage being in there or being open to change, but possibly just doing something that you see right away and then starting on something new, you know? So if you're looking for that, um, I just think that 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 kind of that phone call and just the way you were posting and the way you're operating just gave you the opportunity to take that first bite. And you never know you're going to know unless you do that. So it's exciting. I like being kind of seeing the ship, you know, explode off. And then, yeah, you know, you, um, I had a professor that was my favorite thing he ever said uh, to me was, you know, when one of us does well, we all do well because who else is helping us? <laughs> it's like artists are we are uh we have a very interesting life that we lead and i i couldn't imagine being anybody anything else i don't think i'd be good at anything else but uh we don't have the kind of support structures and systems that put in place that a lot of people who have other types of jobs have so Mm -hmm. we have to do that or we're not going to go far and and so that's when I ever feel that kind of like, oh, well, why are they, why are they involved in this? Or, cause you know, we're all human that happens and you just have to be like, well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a community, community accomplishment, but yeah, I also just like seeing, like I said, the messaging behind it and everything else like that. So uh, anything that's kind of on the horizon for you that you have coming up that you feel is sort of like a, an actionable jump off point, maybe new shows or work coming out that you want to let listeners know? Uh, no, um, I have been, I am like on a dedicated, like, well, besides another reason, I'm on a dedicated, uh, little mini vacay from shows and, and things. I've, uh, done quite a lot of traveling the past few months. And since it's kind of frowned upon now in, in our recent times, I'm gonna, yeah, just, take it easy, do some gardening, um, probably come up with 
a new show. I have an idea for a new show. I've been posting a few um, a few pictures about I could probably let leak out. It's not anything fancy, but um, I I was like going back to movies. I'm a little ups- upset that like I, I I forget the actual statistic, but an overwhelming amount of Oscars that went out this year were all Disney productions. <laughs> Hmm. Um, or maybe it was uh, Grammys. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, my statistics aren't are up. But Disney is like, as we probably all know, taking over everything. And I don't have anything against Disney beyond the normal things. But I have a vivid memories of animated cartoons and creatures not Disney that I'd like to um, kind of give the neon treatment. I've got a Felix the Cat going right now. And uh, Manchur's Mask from Zelda that I'm so close to finishing. Uh, it's, it's painfully slow. I didn't realize how many damn units are going to be in this mask thing. But, uh, <laughs> and then I have, I think, Rocco from Mako's Modern Life is coming up soon, too. So there'll be quite a few homages to non-Disney characters. Yeah, shout out to Nickelodeon so. and uh, Legend of Zelda. I mean... Miyamoto that created something very, very important. And I think, you know, what I feel is very, I guess you could say is very much standardized. Like you said, there's a very favorite concept for what is known as like a cartoon character. Um, But I'm a big fan of owning the story around properties that aren't important anymore, but once were. So previously, if you look at Felix the Cat or somebody who's like Tom and Jerry, I mean, these characters that sort of have fallen out um are really kind of quickly i think at some point i mean clearly disney has a headway on a lot of other properties um but i like that you know i think there's something fun about it and people are recognizable i mean especially when you get to the point where it's like oh yeah i remember that so um yeah i can't wait to see those i mean sounds great thank you (laughs) that'll be on my other instagram which is d underscore j underscore neon self-promotion Awesome. Uh, DJ, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, Anyone listening, please go check out her work. Uh, She's on Instagram, uh, all over the place, Neon Zotrope. Uh, Also your personal account there as well. as You have a website too, which is? Uh, DJNeon.com. Awesome. DJ, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.